What's up? It's your host Torian, who is ready to be petty. Welcome back to another episode of RTBP. I am so excited for this one. It was actually a joy editing, which I absolutely never say just because I enjoyed the conversation so much. I am joined by the girls of the Movies That Raised Us podcast, and we're chatting about, I'm not going to say our favorite, but a very spicy TV show that came out this summer on Netflix called Sex Life. And why we're talking about it, and this is getting posted in October, is because I am a bad podcaster. And, you know, just I work at a university, so July, August, September is super busy time of year for me. It's my New Year's. I always call it my January of the year. And I had just been double vaxxed. And I find when I just get out of the swing of things, I kind of get like self-doubty and like imposter syndrome-y. And I just didn't get around to it. I just couldn't. You know, when you just like can't do something, it's just like some mental block. But I'm so happy that I did. It was a really fun conversation with Mo and Christina. And before we get to that... I've got another episode coming out later this week or next week. Another one from The Vault. I really feel like I'm Taylor Swift. um, And these are my Tories version episodes uh, that I recorded this spring about the Free Britney movement. And then after that, I have another special guest. I won't drop who it is, but one of your faves. And then it is rtbp's third birthday i cannot believe it i'm gonna put together a clip show so if you have any favorite moments or funny stories or things that you enjoyed over the past year of rtbp from like october 31st 2020 to now send me a message send me a dm send me an email rtbppodcast at gmail.com And I will pull the clip for the anniversary bonus episode. Okay, I won't keep you waiting much longer. I just want to give a slight content warning for our discussion about sex life. We do at the tail end, I think it's around the 55 minute mark, start talking about consent. And I just want to give folks a heads up in case that part of the episode you want to skip that is totally fine and as always just take care of yourself if you are listening okay here's my conversation with Mo and Christina I'm back with two very special guests Christina and Mo from movies that raised us podcast Christina how are you I'm I'm swell how are you Good. I'm so excited to record. Yes. And Mo, how are you doing? I'm also doing really great. I've been looking forward to this all day, so yeah. I'm stoked. Good. I know. You just finished your sex life binge. So. <laughs> We're about to dig into it. It's I have fresh. so many thoughts on that show. Yeah, that's so good. And like, honestly, I watched it for this pod too. So we're really putting in the work yes. for the listeners. Absolutely. <laughs> So I was on the To All the Boys I've Loved Before episode of your podcast, yes. and mm-hmm. I was a star dazzle yes, uh, presenter. Yeah, yes. presenter. Yeah. <laughs> How did you two come up with the idea to talk about like 90s, 2000s movies? I mean, at first, like 
like we will talk about, you know, Call Her Daddy and a bunch of other shows were doing like sex life and dating. And we were like, maybe we should do that. And then we're quickly like, we're not going to do that. Um, (laughs) And then we were just jumping around on ideas. um, And then we talked about like doing a Gilmore Girls podcast. And then we brought in that too, like Y2K 2000s movies. Um, We just want to do something we like enjoyed. I feel like there's endless things to talk about with y2k movies because obviously there's a huge nostalgic like boom happening Mm -hmm. right now but Mm -hmm. you can look at like the societal stuff and the fashion and like there's just so much to dig into oh yeah there's actually like a new um thrift store that opened up on my street and it's called rogue it's this girl who is selling exclusively y2k clothes on depop and she opened a store and it is like all the like the monkey emblem frank oh my god yes you know what i'm talking about and yes. like jonas brother t-shirts like tie-dye stuff like all y2k i was telling my sister the other day i was like i'm not gonna pay for this shit again like i've already <laughs> bought this stuff and yeah. like given it away but i'm like i'm not giving it another cent <laughs> right right yeah i mean it's it's a 20-year cycle every 20 years things are gonna come back I'm a little bit afraid for when like the 2010s fashion comes back. I'm like, this is going to be a lot of like Mm-mm. peplums and business casual. And I don't think I want to do that again. So I'll never I wear a peplum again. <laughs> yeah. I know sucked. we're wearing like a blazer to like a party, yeah. but like not like a cute slouchy, like oversized blazer, no. but like a straight up like <laughs> interview blazer. Yeah. yeah. I will never wear a ballet flat again <laughs> no. do not come to my house in ballet flats you will not be allowed in I know. yeah they're so awful even though like people in like france like still wear them and like it looks chic mm-hmm. but like oh my god they're so <laughs> gross <laughs> so uncomfortable just awful mm-hmm. yeah that's like the one bit of all of the nostalgia stuff that I just won't get back into is like super into the clothes. Mm-hmm. Like I'll wear high waisted yeah. pants, like mm-hmm. cool, but like I just the rest I just can't do. Like I'm not gonna put butterfly clothes in my hair again or anything like that. Those are the things that I'm always like. I would love to know your guys' opinion about because the smaller details where I'm like, I'm wearing like earrings that have like a water bottle charm on it, or like I'm wearing butterfly clips. I'm like am I too old for that shit? Like, (laughs) do I need to just put the plastic accessories back? Like put that shit away. Oh yeah. That's really in like the plastic ring. Like yeah. Neon colored ring. Yeah. Just anything you would find at Claire's. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. exactly. We actually went to a Claire's in 2019 because I had to get a headband for a Halloween costume. (laughs) nothing had changed it was like going right back to 2002 they had a a cell phone makeup palette that was a flip phone (laughs) i i would absolutely get my daughter that like i want to take my daughter to claire's and be like sweetie go crazy learn your history you know (laughs) find yourself i know i feel like if i was buying it for like one of my nieces or something that would be fun Mm -hmm. but like it's just not for me because i I, like i know firmly that i'm too old because i think i have a few years on you too Mm -hmm. so i just feel like it's like out of my 
out of my wheelhouse nowadays. <laughs> but it is fun revisiting movies. I think my go-to is always, I was thinking like, what's my favorite movie to rewatch? And I think it's What a Girl Wants. A really good one. What's been like the best part of revisiting some of these or what's your favorite movie that you've covered on the pod that's such a good question i'm like cycling through all like 60 (laughs) of them um i really like doing um the first cheetah girls movie Mm -hmm. and i'm also really excited to do um si se puede it's like this latin like cheerleading or actually it's a dance team um disney channel original movie yeah yeah just the movies that I feel like really impacted me personally are like always the most fun to do yeah I think my favorite one that we revisited was Uptown Girls because I just love that movie and I will Uh always carry a torch for it because of the idiots on Rotten Tomatoes but one I'm really looking forward to doing is School of Rock because that is in my like top three all-time favorite movies just in general so that one I'm looking forward to for sure. Uptown Girls is so good because of like Brittany Murphy's yeah. legacy. Yeah. And then, yeah, School of Rock also is, yeah, pro- like I would say it's in my top 20 movies. Mm-hmm. I'm actually like not a super, I was realizing this about myself the other day. I'm not like super into movies. I think I'm way more of a TV gal. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Yeah. I do yeah. watch a lot of TV. Yeah. It's a sickness. <laughs> like I watch a lot of TV. <laughs> It's such a problem. Yeah. yeah. I I was like, yeah, I can't watch it. Like, I can't sit through a movie, but I can sit through 10 episodes or eight episodes of uh, Sex Life yeah. in one day. Like, it's, yeah. it's so different. Yeah. <laughs> like, totally. I, like, almost never binge watch shows. Like, I can't, like, sit down and be like, I'm going to watch Grey's Anatomy at, like, 25 because I feel like I will not never finish it's like too much of an undertaking Mm -hmm. yeah when it's I do get that when it's like a show that has like literally 3,000 episodes Mm -hmm. and seasons sometimes it can be daunting but I don't know there's something about just like a 22 episode season oh I love a 22 episode season Mo actually I don't know have you finished One Tree Hill yet are you almost there wait (laughs) Mo's been watching One Tree Hill for the first time. Okay, that's yeah. iconic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been a wild ride. Yeah. I it gets so yeah. it, gets, it does get wild at like mid to end. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I am literally trying to remember. I'm on the last episode. I cannot remember if I think I did finish it because it the last scene is is like Brooke and she's like on the set of um the raven a murder of ravens or whatever the fuck and um she sees like julian like directing her and she sees like her in the movie is that the last no. thing that happens the last thing no that the last thing that happens in like the last scene there's like a time jump a few years yes. forward oh shit yeah okay so you maybe is that season six i don't know yeah because i yeah that's last season no there's Eight? Oh, nine. Nine seasons. Nine seasons. Yeah. yeah. Season six is when Chad Michael Murray and Hillary Burton left. Yes. Oh, and yeah. some are saying oh, yeah. should have just ended there. Yeah. Yes. Some, yes. Except You're for totally Brooke Davis. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Did not have yes. a good ending at that point. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, yes. You no, you're totally right. So you've yes, you're past season six, mm-hmm. but I don't think you're at the series finale. Yeah. yeah, there's there's like probably one or two more episodes left. Oh, I think I'm on the last episode. Oh. I just haven't finished the last episode. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, you'll know you'll know I the last scene when it when it happens. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. it's like controversial. <laughs> like oh. just the time. Yeah, yeah. Time another Is time, time jump. jump. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, in the last season like the series finale ever good idea no I don't know no I think that they should have done like a legally blonde montage Mm. like this is what Brooke's up to nowadays but right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah definitely anyways (laughs) so today we're gonna talk about I realize like and I kind of maybe themed these together but like lots of like sex and relationships true yeah like stories but we're gonna talk about alex cooper the aforementioned caller daddy podcast Mm -hmm. um and just like that the new sex in the city reboot and then we're gonna talk about sex life like the number one netflix tv show Mm -hmm. uh right now that's just sweeping the nation yes so alex cooper of Call Her Daddy fame landed the $60 million Spotify deal. I I really, like, actually didn't see this coming after, like, the tumultuous year she had with, like, Sophia. Was this, like, a big shock for you, too? I mean, I'm just surprised to see that big of a jump in numbers based on, like, the deal that they were initially offered from Barstool to then go to, like, mm-hmm. $60 million. I'm like, that's an insane number. I think that they had the number one podcast like it on iTunes for like a really long time. Mm-hmm. So they were like seriously underpaid, which yeah. is why the whole thing happened in like with her and Sophia initially. Like I agree because they were making like I think it was like 500k and mm-hmm. then they were offered a million and then Spotify was 60 million over 3 years, yeah. so 20 million mm-hmm. a, uh a year mm-hmm. but it does seem like a huge jump but barstool is like getting completely cut out of this yeah yeah i don't yeah. think that they treated i think that like they <laughs> i know too much about the fucking split <laughs> is the issue because i listened to call her daddy a lot and then the split happened i was literally on instagram like refreshing every day because it was also the pandemic i was unemployed mm-hmm. and so like I know literally every step of like what happened as it was happening. And I'm like, good for Alex, like good for you for making it work. I did listen to a couple of episodes when she was like a solo father, um, but I just didn't listen to as many because when I started listening, I was also like single and it was just more interesting. Now I'm like, it's, it was less applicable to me, I guess. So I didn't listen as much, but um, yeah, I, I think like what she's doing now, she's probably getting made paid more because she is like, she said she's going to do regular episodes and mini episodes as well. And like, she's having on a lot of really big names and like really like delving into interviewing more mm-hmm. and becoming kind of like a broad, not a broadcast journalist, but like more journalistic in style. Right. She had on Mia Khalifa, and I thought their Mm. conversation was just really honest and great. And it didn't seem like Mia Khalifa had gotten that kind of interview ever about her life, where Mm. she could just be like, this is what happened. Um, And it sounded like they were just two friends, like kind of like talking really openly. Um, 
And I don't think that you can like find that anywhere else where people come on, like call her daddy. And they're just like, I'm telling you all about my whole sex life. Like Miley Cyrus and stuff yeah. like that. That episode definitely felt like a, a big tone shift. It's also one of the first ones I think that got released after the split. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is like, we're diving in. Like, I feel like I'm listening to an E-True Hollywood story, but completely mm-hmm. unfiltered. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a really good point because I didn't listen to Call Her Daddy like at all. Mm -hmm. But obviously because I'm into pop culture, it just like seeps into the zeitgeist. And then I would listen to episodes if she had a guest that I liked Mm -hmm. or like followed. Like I listened to, I'm like super into Summer House. So I listened to the Hannah Burner episodes and Paige DeSorbo episodes. And I recently listened to the Holly Madison episode that she did and it was really good like I can actually tell that she because it was also very like e true Hollywood story Mm -hmm. like and she actually you could tell that she's like working on her interview skills and like actually diving into like things that are not just about like sex and relationships like Mm -hmm. talking about family and yeah I don't know just other stuff and I I found it was actually like really enjoyable but I'm just curious like if she can move her fan base to just Spotify right like I don't know and this is I'm like is this like unfair of me because she you're right like she holds like consistently one of the top five podcasts in the world she's now the highest paid podcaster after Joe Rogan but I'm like still doubting it I I feel like that's a little bit unfair I don't know I think I did listen to the Instagram live she did with Taylor Lorenz on like Friday and she was like yeah I'm down I'm down in the iTunes charts which is great for me because it means that people are like going to Spotify and I guess Spotify told her that she's had one of the easiest transitions they've ever had wild so it sounds yeah I think for me I'm more like I'm like I do I find her to be a really relatable person I think one of the things that she did the best was kind of shift from the earlier episodes where there was definitely a mentality of like what we're saying might not be like right morally but like we're gonna tell you how to land the guy and I think she's shifting over into maybe let's take care of our mental health a little bit Mm -hmm. more and she's been very dynamic in the feedback that she's gotten that's probably the biggest criticism that the podcast has had is that it's like amoralistic almost but with, with the way that they would like play guys and stuff but like I think you're right that it is it is like a pretty authentic conversation and they didn't necessarily like set out to be like role model like necessarily like their angle or whatever and like that's okay not everything has to be like aspirational like stuff yeah Yeah, I think it's interesting to see because it's it's been such a lot like Alex and Sophia had you know been working together for a long time and Alex is now continuing on her own and you can definitely see her growth as a person and like maturity and it's cool to be able to like have recordings to kind of track that whole arc that she's gone through just like as a person as you do when you're growing and learning in the world so that's like one of the cool things about just podcasts in general is you have little landmarks of time to always go back to totally because I even feel that about my podcast Mm. like there's so many things like I've learned or changed or like like grew up about and stuff Mm -hmm. and yeah it is cool to see that and you can tell that she has like really in the past year like become I feel like more business savvy and everything seems more like 
kind of professional mm-hmm. and and yeah it's been cool to see her grow that way I think that flip side of the coin is like Sophia what do you think she like how do you think she's taking the news probably not um, like amazingly <laughs> yeah <laughs> Have you um listened to her new podcast? No, I haven't. I listened to like again just sporadic episodes if I liked the guest or the topic, but I'm not like a di- I've never been like a diehard listener. I haven't listened to Sophia's podcast at all. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I know it has like a decent amount of followers just obviously cuz she was like on a podcast you know millions of people listen to or whatever but um yeah I do like wonder if she's like regretful or if she likes just having her own thing even if it's smaller it still seems like she's like making revenue from it but um I know that like one of the big reasons why there was a riff also was because Sophia was getting paid less than Alex but Alex was also like the one coming up with like major ideas and she also edited. So like, obviously if you're doing more work, like you're going to get paid more money by Barstool. Yeah. I I think that like it also stemmed from um, Alex's videos that she had on YouTube and those videos. Yeah. So those videos like directly contributed to her getting like this meeting with Barstool or, and, and like starting the podcast, she asked Sophia to record it with her so that she could have a, a co-host. So it was like always her thing. They just mm-hmm. were great together. It's unfortunate for sure. Yeah, I think the toughest part is like this is what also Sophia was like pushing for and like didn't back down from. Like they mm-hmm. were like we or she she and her boyfriend at the time, I'm not sure if they're still yeah, together, no. were like we deserve more money or like they deserve more money. Um we want like the rights to like the IP to the podcast and all of the terms that they've coined and like merch Mm -hmm. and like stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then Alex ends up taking it from Barstool to Spotify and then like gets the, the, I would say the like appropriate salary for Mm -hmm. again, one of the top podcasts in the world. So yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Christina? (laughs) What do you think Sophia's feeling? I mean, I have I haven't listened to her her podcast. I did hear an ad for it though on like another podcast I was listening to, and that's how I even learned that she had her own show. And it sounds, at least from the ad that I heard, tonally like it is very similar to what Call Her yes. Daddy was. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't seem like there is that sort of growth or expansion in any way, which I don't think will really serve her necessarily because it kind of feels like that moment is like over Mm -hmm. so yeah I I don't know I guess she's just trying to to capitalize on what was previously built I just don't really see it having the same type of growth that Alex is going to see yeah Yeah. for sure because Alex just like again this is what happens when you have a huge media company backing you Mm -hmm. like she just had more resources put out more episodes had all the promo and the merch where like Sophia was like starting from scratch which I read an article that um Alex did like two days ago or whatever and she was saying like I didn't feel like Sophia and I could at this point start scratch and Sophia was probably not the person that I would want to do that with right so I wanted to stick with Barstool and like it just shows you how much 
even if you have a built-in audience like how much work mm-hmm. this stuff takes yeah <laughs> like really yeah for sure Sure. Yeah. yeah well all the best yeah. Sophia and Alex Cooper I feel yeah. like she like she's also been hanging out with like summer house people and stuff like that I feel like she is just gonna also go beyond like podcasting mm-hmm. like really become an influencer or like a, a celebrity mm-hmm. which there isn't really like a super blueprint for podcasters becoming celebrities like it's usually tiktokers mm-hmm. or yeah reality tv so i'm excited to like follow her career definitely yeah definitely i would it is aspirational for us yes (laughs) (laughs) absolutely spotify if you're looking to give anyone else a 60 million dollar deal we are all available so (laughs) all three of us are fully available you can give us 60 million for the three of us yeah you can do three for the price of one exactly yeah yeah we have that that alex uh cooper work ethic yes exactly (laughs) yeah oh my gosh and appeal i don't know it helps and i this she also mentioned this in the article and then we can move on but she also did say in the article like i know i'm hot and i like leveraged that like i knew that my looks and like our combined Mm -hmm. like looks was gonna like get us into the door and like right we could like utilize that that's why we started doing i think i read this same article (laughs) probably it was like variety or something yeah i maybe it was like an article on bustle but they quoted like that like they were like we read this article now we're summarizing it in our own words (laughs) yes yes but the photo shoots for those article again i don't know where it was coming from they're so good and they look so like she looks like a celebrity and um, the mm. article was like, yeah, she toned down her bleach blonde hair a little bit, and like it was she the just... same article. because yes. <laughs> I remember that I was like, "You're really dig." It it felt very like, um, you know how when you read like Vogue or something, it's like she walked in carrying a chicken yeah. salad with mandarin slices. Yeah, like <laughs> yes. we got it, girl. Uh, yeah. Why is that but... such a popular? Like I was reading a Josh Bass. I was just gonna say the Joshua Bass. <laughs> I did read that, yes. <laughs> it's like he was 20 minutes late and apologized profusely like before sitting down with his oat milk yeah. latte. Like, As I fans outside shit. took TikToks, we later saw on our free page, I was like, oh, Christ, okay. Yes, yes. Oh my God. Every article is like that, yes. I swear yeah. to God. She took off her glasses and breathed on them and then wiped her shirt with it. <laughs> Telling me she never carries a glasses wipe. <laughs> oh, oh my, my gosh. God. I don't know. Find a new journalism school. <laughs> Honestly, it's all the same. But yeah. like I would literally kill to have, to have someone describe like yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I, it's that's like fan fiction come to life. That's all I want. Honestly. Yeah. That's what it feels like. It's the fan fiction. It's like Yeah. Fucking Edward walked by and his green orbs looked into my eye. Like, (laughs) (laughs) precisely, exactly, exactly. Yeah. What would um your guys's articles be like? What would your like intro to the interview be? I have to think of like something quirky to do. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Mine would be like something like she 
said sorry to every person yeah. she bumped into yeah. and said thank you like a thousand times to the barista yeah. <laughs> she was handed her coffee and when the barista said enjoy she said you too blushing slightly <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh um mine would be like so tragic it would be like she came in 15 minutes after she said she would when she texted me she was late the first time um she took off her sunglasses and already looked very pissed off like she wanted to leave i love that yeah there's no way that mine doesn't include that i'm Mm -hmm. like extremely late and extremely rushed Late rush, fumbling a million, a million things in my hands, like chronically Canadian, and like that's yes, yeah, yeah, like profusely apologizing Mm. to everyone she encountered. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh my god! One day, Mm -hmm. this kind of reminds me of though, like the Carrie Bradshaw episode where she is late and super hungover for the yes. magazine cover. The single and like, fabulous question mark. Yes. Yeah. I don't even think she knew it was the cover. And they're like, we just need to get the lighting. Like, can you just sit down? And she's like, oh, I'm like gross, but this isn't yeah. the shoot. And then like that also Ooh. would probably happen to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, no. An absolute nightmare fuel. Yes. And Sex in the City is coming back on HBO Max, yes. which this is probably the thing that's going to... Gossip Girl didn't get me, but I think mm. I will be purchasing an HBO Max account mm. to watch and just like that. Yeah. It's it's going to be interesting. I mean, there's we're seeing a lot of reboots happening right now. I have been watching the Gossip Girl one. It is not great. I am more hopeful for this, though, just because I think that... The source material is a little bit richer and we're also continuing with the same characters, which I think people prefer mm-hmm. to like a full blown reboot like we're seeing with Gossip Girl or remakes like she's all that, all that kind of stuff. So I'm a little more hopeful about this one. What about you, Mo? Are you excited? I'm not a sex in the city watcher. No way. OK, after your yeah. One Tree Hill, like the last 20 minutes of the yeah. episode you need to watch then you can go watch Sex in the City. Or have you tried and you didn't like it? Um, I don't know if this is, this might be like a petty tidbit. Um, but I, I like cannot stand like a group of white women just like blathering on to me. <laughs> like yeah, it's fair. And I get that like, especially in that time period, like, I mean, I watch Seinfeld. Like I understand mm-hmm. like there are definitely... Um, they weren't casting for like diversity or inclusion, but I think there is like something about that like upper echelon of New York white lady that mm-hmm. I'm like it simply like doesn't appeal. Yeah, mixed in with the um sprinkles of this is like homophobic or like blatantly racist. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. the the rewatch is tough. Yes. At- many points Mm -hmm. um which has been like pointed out and like chronicled and stuff and I feel like they're doing they're trying to do like Mm -hmm. who knows if they're gonna do it well but like a full 180 yeah 
with some of these like new cast members. So I'm really curious to see how it turns out, if it's like for the better. Yeah. Or if it's like tokenistic. Because I remember mm-hmm. a few years ago, Mo and I went to like an AOL build interview with the cast of Younger when Younger was coming out and Darren Starr produced that as well. And Mo very bravely and boldly got up and asked them basically like, so you talk a lot about how this show is all about showing like New York and the diversity of New York. Like how is that represented in your cast? And all of the actors were like, "Uh, Darren, do you want to take this one? And he was like, yeah, the diversity of the city is in the architecture and the food and all this stuff. And we were just like, Mm-hmm. Also, the the famous woman I forget her name. She has like a little uh, gap right here. She has like red hair. Oh, she. I think she... Oh, Molly Bernard. Yeah, right? she also said something to that effect, where it was like, "There's so many diverse aspects of New York." Like, yeah, yeah. But I was like a brash little though. bitch when I was in college. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, and like, did that make it onto like the? I don't interview? know. Probably it probably like, did not make know. it to the to the. How final. did you not look it up afterwards? <laughs> I don't. Like, I didn't even think sure. about that. Yeah, we'll have I to. I was just like, Hillary <laughs> Duff's gonna be in town. Like, we have yeah. to go. Yeah, I love that. And like, honestly, though, like his other show is Emily in Paris. Right. Yeah, like of, like the big yeah. shows, and it's like the same, same, same. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. That man will not learn his lesson. I know, yeah. I know. Also, Younger, did you watch the full series? I just started watching it, like, a week ago. Okay, because yeah. it... A, I don't know how it's seven seasons. Yeah. It's, wow. It uh, is it all of her long. pretending to be younger than she is? No, she gets... I don't know if this is a spoiler that you want, but yeah. it's somewhere in, like, season three or season four. But it It, it, it lasts it that go, long? Oh, my God. Yes, I'm, yeah. And, like, there's points where some people know and right. some people don't. Right. But, yeah, I was doing a rewatch for the last season, and mm-hmm. I was shocked at how long it went on Yeah. Um, without them finding out her secret. Mm-hmm. But one of the most disappointing finales I've, like, I do know what happened in, in the finale and I was like I'm, I'm gonna watch it anyways but this doesn't sound like a great ending no I feel like Darren Starr hates women possibly <laughs> yeah <Mr. Mark. laughs> I don't you think you're wrong first. <laughs> yeah. I don't know just like I just feel like a lot of the outcomes of his like the main cast of his tv shows mm-hmm. like don't end up great yeah. or, or there's no I don't know they're not realistic there's some exciting new guests Sarah Ramirez who I know mostly from Grey's Anatomy yes is joining the cast as Che Diaz a non-binary podcast host that Carrie is a frequent guest on mm-hmm. so Carrie went from like like writing articles to like refusing to get a cell phone to refusing to get email (laughs) to to like refusing to get a smartphone Mm -hmm. and then is now a frequent guest on a podcast yeah it's really it's really it's really 2021 (laughs) yeah it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they navigate these women who were never super progressive because obviously samantha's not there seeing them in 2021 what that looks like for them and even if you just look at the fashion 
they are staying very on trend with what's going on Mm -hmm. right now. So I'm curious to see how that all comes across, especially with all these new characters that they're introducing. Yeah. So the other ones are Kara Pittman as Dr. Niall Wallace. Uh, She's going to be a Columbia law professor. Are either of you familiar with Kara Pittman? No, no. Okay, me neither. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> and then Lisa Todd Parker as, um, I must have written this wrong. <laughs> Lisa Todd Wexley, that can't be right. <laughs> but she's gonna be like a Park Avenue mom. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming like like a friend with Charlotte. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, <laughs> rolling with Charlotte. Who her two daughters are back. Oh, wow. but they're like they're like teens. Oh my god. Yeah, which is just like really. Um, interesting. And then the last person that's joining the cast that we've heard of Mm -hmm. that's new is Sharita Chahuri as Seema Patel. And she's a high power real estate agent. I feel like fans are going to really want the like OG cat, like Mm -hmm. seeing the OG cast members. So I'm like scared that these folks are going to get like unnecessary backlash for like just being there. Right. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. I'm curious to see how they're going to write Samantha out of it. If they're like, she moved, she died, she, I don't know. Yeah, Darren Star like was like, oh, friends like move on or there's stages of friendships where you're like really close or really like mm. not close. So I feel like they're just going to like generally say that she like kind of moved on and yeah. keep it vague. I don't know. Sounds very much like the third Cheetah Girls movie. Yeah. Yes. Where they were like, Galleria is like, what did they say? Like at college still or yeah, something like that? I think. Yeah. They're like, she's doing a summer school or something. I don't know. Something mm. weird. It didn't make a lot of sense. Totally. Um, it's just a shame because Samantha's like the best friend to all of them. I know. And like, it doesn't feel in character for her to, you know, just kind of drift away. Because she even says, like, men come and go, we're soulmates, like that whole thing. So I'm just kind of like, oh, but I want Kim Cattrall to have her peace and live a happy life and not be in a situation that was clearly toxic. So that's the most important thing. Yeah. Can I ask, was the most recent movie the one where Samantha almost gets engaged, but in the end she's like, no, I like being single or like unmarried? No. No, that was the first of two. Mm-hmm. Oh. The second one is where they go to Abu Dhabi. And she okay, almost gets arrested for like having sex on the beach. Yeah, giving yeah. like a hand job on the beach. Honestly, I don't take the movies as canon. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't exist in my mind. Especially when it comes to Steve. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what happened to Steve? In the first movie, he cheats on Miranda. Mm-hmm. That's not real. Yeah. It I haven't yeah. seen a lot of episodes, but I have seen some episodes, mm-hmm. and I like that man. Yeah. I don't think you would do that. Yeah. No, no. It was, like, very out of character. Yeah. And, like, even, well, I guess Carrie cheated on Aiden, mm-hmm. but, like, with Big, but then cheats on Big with, with Aiden? Aiden. I don't know. And Aiden's coming back, too, so I'm like, what? is going on yeah and same with natasha yes yeah um Big's second wife so yeah it's Mm -hmm. just gonna be really interesting i'm i'm excited Mm -hmm. but i totally agree that like when i'm watching 
I know that it's not like a realistic picture of New York. Mm -hmm. It's like a very small sliver of Mm -hmm. yeah life there. And I think that's why the movies were not nearly as good or successful because they were all too rich in the movies. Like it wasn't even close to being Mm. relatable. It was like, this is a whole other thing. Like they're living in these crazy penthouse apartments flying to Abu Dhabi. Like it was just no longer had any sort of grounding in reality, which is what people gravitated towards in the first place, even though it is very much like a romanticized, like very wealthy, even then still side of New York, at least it felt a little more normal. Yeah. But they just reached a threshold where it was like, this is not, for like you and me anymore this is for like very wealthy people we'll see if they even like reference the movies in the tv show (laughs) i don't know i can remember that trip to have so the other show that i actually was not gonna watch (laughs) (laughs) you two suggested i straight up was not gonna watch it because I think I saw the trailer. Mm -hmm. It's Sex Life. I think I said that at the beginning of the episode. But I watched, like, the trailer. I think it was even, like, the fucking autoplay when you just log into Netflix. Like, it was forced, like, upon me. Forced upon me. And then I was like, I'm just so tired of this trope because it's, like, very woman gets married, has an unfulfilling sex life and like freaks out and like I feel like that is probably realistic I'm not a long time married woman mm-hmm. so I don't like it's not something I relate to but I feel like yeah that probably happens mm-hmm. but I was like I don't know I've just seen this I think too much mm-hmm. um so I wasn't gonna watch it but then you both suggested it and I was like okay and then like <laughs> it's just it's like it's one of those tv shows that i feel like is so bad that it makes it good exactly yeah i watched it in one day yeah i did i did the same thing i didn't know anything about it it popped up it was a very similar thing with what happened to me when i watched bridgerton i literally knew nothing about it but it was on the front page of netflix and i was like sure i'll watch an episode and i watched the first episode and i was like (laughs) <laughs> oh my god this is like steamy steamy I need to know more and then I proceeded to watch six episodes and I only stopped because I had work in the morning I was like okay I will <laughs> go to sleep now watch the seventh episode on my lunch break and then the eighth episode immediately after work so I was like I need to I need to just watch this whole thing and then I texted everyone I knew and I was like has anyone seen the show because like <laughs> has anybody seen this show it is insane. you were like you'll never believe this pornographic show on netflix <laughs> yes i'm like they are coming for hbo's <laughs> neck with these sex literally that is yeah. so true i was wondering and i don't i'm not even wondering because i know it's not true but i know they're dating in real life now and i'm mm-hmm. like were any of those sex scenes like not stimulate it or like simulate it I was like thinking that because I was like this is like because like I was thinking what's the raciest tv show I've ever watched on like this isn't network like cable Mm -hmm. but like basically yeah and I was thinking it's probably Bridgerton Mm -hmm. which isn't even which was like so like the scenes are so tv fake sex scenes but like this Mm -hmm. is yeah like straight up porn or -hmm. like when i think of like when i'm talking about like outlander or something i'm like oh this is so 
like it's TV sex, mm-hmm. but this I was like, okay, yeah. this is porn. Yeah. Well, there's um, next episode. <laughs> there's male full frontal, which I feel like is very rare to ever see. Yeah. And yeah, they really they went for it. I was not prepared. Yeah. I wasn't either. So okay, like speaking of sex in the city mm-hmm. in in the first movie there's like male full frontal mm. but it's like just the tip yeah and this was <laughs> this was like the whole everything the whole banana yeah yeah, yeah and like for like seconds mm-hmm. yeah because it's usually like yeah like in the shower like a hint or like no we got a good read on it yeah <laughs> yeah like it was like how many times did you like go because I was like I was like oh I gasped I fully gasped and I was like are my eyes deceiving me hang on I need to go back and reevaluate no I was I was shocked like I even had a heads up Mm -hmm. because my hot yoga studio like the owner of the studio knows I like this stuff and was like have you seen episode three of sex life and I was like oh okay like there's obviously something so like I knew what was coming and I still was like like I wish that I got my reaction on tape well that was like a trend that people were doing on TikTok of like oh go to the show go to like minute 19 episode 3 whatever it is and people were like recording their raw reactions and that's so yeah. interesting because I like didn't well, I mean, I got the heads up from you mm-hmm. about episode three, but <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was seeing one of these before. Like, I was like, all right. And then I also like, uh, my boyfriend knew about the like full frontal in episode three. And I was like watching episodes like early this morning before he woke up. And he was like, he like finally woke up like fully and was like, Hey, you want episode three? Like, let me let me take a look at that. Like, everyone's <laughs> talking about it. And so I went back and I was like, here we are. And I was like, I don't think it's as big as it's like seeming like online. Cause I was like, some people are like growers and some people are showers. <laughs> so he's probably just a shower. Yeah. Yeah. If it's real. Do we know if it's doctored? I read articles. Yes. (laughs) I was doing my research and people are saying that it's real. (laughs) And what I want to know. (laughs) And good for. Good for her. Sarah. Good for her. I was just like wondering. It probably was written into the TV show or did everyone just knew he had a massive dick and was like, okay, we'll just write this like scene into the TV show. Yeah. That's a good question. I feel like they could have like just like Netflix has a team where they could like CGI and like elongate if they needed to. Yeah. Yeah, again, I thought that too, but like everyone came, this was the funniest part, I think, of this entire TV show is I was reading an article and it was like from a childhood like friend that would have been in like locker rooms with him and was like, oh no, that's for sure real. And I was like, this isn't like, you couldn't get like a past partner or something to weigh in. You went to his childhood. We tracked down his old schoolmates from an alumni catalog. (laughs) Oh my God. That's so funny. It's so bad. Yeah. Yeah, that show was literally insane Mm -hmm. because when it first starts, I was like, 
um, okay, Billy is like really going through it. Like it's not easy to be a wife and a mom and fall into these roles seamlessly. And then I was like, wait, she's a bad person. And I was like, her husband wants to be with her so much. And then I was like, wait, he's a bad person. (laughs) And I was like, Brad's a bad person. Um, (laughs) And then at the end, I was like, you know what? Like the reason that I felt they were bad people was because they were being so deceptive and manipulative and like Mm -hmm. not communicative or not even manipulative, just not communicative. And then when Cooper and Billy finally like have that moment at the like international fair, Mm -hmm. I was like, this is so nice. Like finally they're on the same page because it, from the fucking orgy scene, I was like, oh, so you don't want to be in an open relationship. Like, mm-hmm. you don't want to have, like, other sexual partners. But, like, you don't want to break up with him. Like, you don't want to choose the other guy. You said no to the marriage proposal. So then when she's at this book thing, I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Truly wanting to have her cake and eat it, too. I, I just did not get that. Because, yeah, I was like are they trying to set up like at the beginning it's like everyone I feel like is team Cooper Mm -hmm. and then it's Mm -hmm. like oh no I'm team Brad and then like I'm like I'm really team nobody I'm not even team Billy yeah like at the end of the day if she wants to be if she wants to be with Brad or not she should leave Cooper because like yeah yeah obviously it's not working out (laughs) let him go be with Francesca or whoever that clearly yeah. wants the same thing because mm-hmm. you don't want the same thing. You want the security that you're offered in that relationship, but you don't actually like this person. So whether or not to be with Brad, just like leave him. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like kind of saying that Brad had done all this reflect, like the issues stemmed from mm-hmm. his like absent father yeah. and then he made amends. So then do you think he's still not going to offer stability? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. He was also awful. Like, yeah. so bad hooking up with so someone else cold. at the wedding and, like, yeah. all the post-baby stuff. Like, Horrible. Yeah. That's that is so, so tragic. I, I don't think I could... F- if I had a miscarriage and a week later, or two days later, my um, fucking almost fiancé was making out with someone, I don't think that I could go back to that no matter how good the sex was. Mm-hmm. Like, what the fuck is that? Who wrote yeah. that? And, like, when he's throwing all her shit in the elevator, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, that was so cold. He's, like, he's emotionally abusive when he's angry. Oh, absolutely. 100%. And, like, Cooper also is, like, like shuts her off, gives her the silent treatment, (laughs) which is, like, so, like, when I studied psychology, that's, like, the worst thing you can do in your relationship is be oh a, my God. a stone you're adding stone, me. like stone 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 molly <laughs> oh no it's like where you become completely absent of like any emotion and then like be silent mm-hmm. and that's like what cooper does a lot mm-hmm. so i don't know it was a whirlwind yeah 
Yeah. Also, okay, just talking about my psych major, like I was a psych major, but like I feel like so was everybody else in the world. But like, so are Billy and um Sasha. her best friend, Sasha. Yeah. And I just want to clear something up because <laughs> this is like my biggest pet peeve about people that study psychology. And again, like they moved on to like graduate degrees and like their mm-hmm. PhDs and stuff. So obviously their knowledge is like way beyond mine but like billy meets brad who the name even brad is yeah. just like red flag number one name oh my god that's like the worst name ever and then she's in the car with him and he's like what do you do and she's like i'm a grad student i study psychology and then he's like oh so what do you like think of me in the first like five minutes that we've met and he's like She's like, your haircut means you're, like, in touch with your feminine side. You're, you're wearing rings, so it's probably, yeah. like, daddy issues or something like that. Yes, yes. He's like, I'm like- also a palm reader. <laughs> like- yeah, like, people don't and can't do full analyses on people's like physical appearances in like Mm -hmm. two seconds of knowing them like that's just not what psychology is but every time I'm like oh I studied psych in uni they're like what do you like think (laughs) like are you like psychoanalyzing me and stuff I'm like that's just not how that works at all that's so funny because when I think of that like someone being like what do you think of me I'm like um I think that you probably think you're the main character (laughs) 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 Or, like, you care a lot about what other people think. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. It's just so, I don't know. It just happens in, like, every movie, mm-hmm. which was yeah. weird because a lot of the other psychology stuff that they mentioned, um, like, code switching mm-hmm. and I can't even remember, or just, like, monog- monogamy and um, mm-hmm. humans and stuff, like, that actually was grounded in, like, real psychology. Mm-hmm. So it was just, like, annoying that this thing is like no one does that or can do that Mm -hmm. yeah because it's it's based on a memoir um oh wow I didn't know that which I I have been listening to sporadically over the past like week or so um like the storyline of like Billy and Brad is not there it's it's more so just about like this woman who is writing a diary about like her past sexual experiences and her husband finds it and starts to like try and live up to it spice things up stuff like that and she treats it as like a psychology experiment where she's like testing behavioral modification stuff on him so that whole conversation with billy and sasha on the phone where she like is telling her all about and they're like oh my god i'm gonna write a book about this that is like lifted verbatim from the book um so it's pretty interesting so far because it's called 44 chapters about four men i think i'm on like the second man now but yeah, it is it is based somewhat in reality from like a real psychologist. So that's interesting. And like I feel like they could have talked about like masculinity mm-hmm. and more and stuff about like Yeah. Cuz it definitely seems like Cooper when he has like maybe not erectile dysfunction but definitely like a mental blockage. Mm-hmm. Like there's something going on. Like he should go to therapy first yeah, of all. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I thought that, like, a lot of topics were, like, not delved into when it's supposed to be, like, a super, like, they're all very educated. And mm-hmm. I I just thought, like, after watching it, I was like, 
what was I supposed to get from this? Like, you can't be happy unless you cheat on your husband. Like at the end of the day, you got to cheat on him to be, to have it all. Right. Yeah. And I thought that it was going to be like progressive and it was like, so now this is why we're in an open relationship Mm -hmm. because we were getting stuff from different people or something like that. But we still wanted to like stay together or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then it was just like none of that. (laughs) Instead, I'm running through the streets of Manhattan, aka (laughs) Toronto, where they filmed this, um, to go have sex with my ex-boyfriend. And that's the end. Yeah, that was the end. Okay, I wanted to ask... What is the commute time from where they live? Because they're in Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like taking a train, but it seems like so seamless that they ended up in New York. I can tell you from experience, Greenwich is probably like a 45-minute train ride from Grand Central Mm. at the most. Yeah. Okay. That's not bad because I was like, this seems, yeah, like they're, it's easy for them to do but I don't know I just I I always feel like I forget especially Canada is like everything's so spread yeah. out and there's no mm-hmm. not a lot of good train systems mm-hmm. I feel like especially on the east coast yeah. it's so small and then like oh it's so small good trains mm-hmm. it's well, like Greenwich is like the first one of the first stops when you get out of New York so I was like all right sure but like when he's like I'm leaving now. I'll be there as soon as I can. I'm like, you made them wait like an hour or two. Yeah. Like, you weren't just like, when's the next train coming? Yeah. Uh, There's a schedule. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was another thing that you just mentioned is like also the fucking like, I don't even know the word that I'm looking for, but like not evil, but like disdain or like disgust or I don't know of like some of these like evil moments of like like sometimes I was like this seems like violent the way that you're like saying some of this stuff I don't know like Cooper I thought in particular like Mm. I don't know like I'm like some of the your tone of voice is like really off-putting to me I don't know Mm -hmm. it felt like it's it seemed like some of the scenes it was so I don't know, filled with like hate or something. Yeah, I did feel like they had her cry like every episode, like (laughs) every conversation with like Brad or Cooper. She'd be like, like tears, like welling around. Mm -hmm. And she'd be like, like this girl never had like a fucking, she like put on her eyeliner every (laughs) morning and it would wipe away by afternoon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, I mean the like, the most the most malicious I think moment that you get with Cooper is like at the sex party where he tells yeah Trina do it. I was like do it. Oh my god! I was like what? Yeah, yeah. that was really shocking. I thought the way that he was also like undressing Billy was really shocking because mm-hmm. I was like, I guess when you're you've been in a relationship with someone that long, like you might not always think that because she wasn't like into it mm-hmm. and she was like I don't know like maybe he was like oh like you just need to relax but I was like he keeps going yeah. and I don't think it's yeah. like consensual and I think it's like no. very obvious it's not consensual mm-hmm. I yeah. know I I actually work I don't know if I've talked about this with you too I definitely talked about it on the pod but I work in violence prevention like mm-hmm. sexualized violence prevention mm-hmm. um and this is why 
conversations about consent are so interesting because all three of us are agreeing that it was so clear Mm -hmm. that she wasn't giving consent but like other people would watch that scene and like not have like have batted an eye right that's so interesting and weird to me like I think that there's a really fine line because I've also like I personally when I like do something I'm not always like you know are like I'm not being asked like is this okay is this okay like there's definitely like communication but that looks different for everyone I guess I just feel like you can tell if you're like on someone like physically Mm -hmm. if they're tense or if they're relaxed and like that should be like the body language is like a huge clue right totally and that's what like so many people lack obviously there's many other like systemic issues that go into decision making and and Mm -hmm. the way that our culture views sex and stuff like that but the one of the biggest pieces is like not knowing or not reading body language mm-hmm. correctly because you're right like the silence the like hemming and hawing the tensing of her body she's like kind of crying she's covering herself yeah. up at yeah some points. she's like yeah not having yeah, a good time like, totally to- her voice she's asking many questions like are you sh- like we should just take this home yeah. like all of those are clues yeah. to a person that should say like I should stop and check in again mm-hmm. And ensure that this is okay. And there was just none of that. Which, yeah, for people that have been married for many years. Because you're right. After time with a partner, you might not be asking verbally every single time you do something or change Mm -hmm. something. Like, is this okay? But you're learning to read their face or, you know, using past experience or doing other things to communicate. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yes, but it was just like completely void here and yeah yeah and it's it's not the first time we saw him do something like that like when they're in the car and they're trying to have sex it doesn't work and then you know he's like no I'm gonna make it work and climbs on top of her they're doing it and she's like slow down like stop and he's like it's gonna he's like trying to just gonna work push it through and she's there completely just like blank and still yeah yeah you're totally right yeah yeah and she's like her eyes aren't closed which like usually you close your eyes or like yeah her face was just like completely Mm -hmm. there and he was like yes like yelling Mm -hmm. it's gonna work like it was just all really interesting to look at from like a standpoint because I feel like those scenes were kind of new maybe nuanced but like Mm -hmm. they shouldn't they should be the status quo but Mm -hmm. like I feel like in a lot of scenes that depict sexualized violence like it's not or like it's I feel like this was just really realistic Mm -hmm. to to depict and sorry for taking you down kind of a dark a dark road but um this I thought would be good to like teach people of like why Cooper should have stopped in these like instances um that maybe people didn't pick up definitely yeah it's weird to think that the writers were like here's how we're gonna show people that she's like not interested in having sex with Cooper I'm like no here's how you're showing people that Cooper's like a rapist yeah Yeah. literally those are two different Mm -hmm. things that you're showing yeah totally totally or that people who like sex like it all the time Mm -hmm. 
and like it like in public or like Mm -hmm. aggressive Mm because like that's not the case like yeah literally Mm -hmm. so much to depend (laughs) like so much to dissect Mm -hmm. yeah I just thought also some of the dialogue and like plot points were just like so bad like I wrote some of like the dialogue of just like Brad like wistfully looking at Billy and being like amazing and then she's like what's amazing and he's like you like I just (laughs) this stuff was like yeah so bad I mean it it comes across to me I haven't really read many like romance novels but I have read a lot of fan fiction and it very much reads (laughs) to me like that kind of over the top like cheesy kind of dialogue that nobody like talks like that no one would ever say that but in this like romance world it's like that's the norm so it read to me tonally a lot like that yeah that's a good point yeah it does actually have some like kind of maybe like bad romance I feel like there really is good romance novels that like are Mm underappreciated and like like new but mm-hmm. you're right it kind of does read of like a Nicholas Sparks like, yeah. moment <laughs> like Nicholas Sparks yeah. but with full frontal <laughs> I was getting big like 50 shades of gray right. from that movie or from this show yeah do you do you think that like some of these things were just for like kind of like shock value or like oh people will talk about this or people will watch this kind of like in 50 shades I think that like when it ended I was like we never got a moment maybe when he comes to like the dinner party with all of her psychology today magazines other than that like every single flashback with him is like sex related so I'm like it's it's literally like why would you leave your husband for someone who can only offer you like good sex and I was like all the scenes that involve him are like it's like we're having sex in my car we're having sex in this <laughs> club alley like that's all like shocking or whatever but like a part of the plot in that they only talk about those shocking sex moments yeah I don't know if that answered anything but well that's what she's always remembering yeah like when she's like at the beginning when she's like reminiscing about their relationship yeah. it's like all the amazing sex and then mm-hmm. later down the road when she's like talking to friends and um cooper and stuff she starts to remember like the bad parts like mm-hmm. the miscarriage and like stuff like that but also the also psychology insane. today one like moment that also was like read the room because your partner just wants you to actually to be present at the dinner party instead of being like gone like I don't know it was just so weird definitely some other like I feel like very now like 2021 things about this show Mm -hmm. every hot guy is boxing yeah everyone every single one yeah going to an overpriced gym Mm -hmm. yes that's punching like yeah yeah, aggressive like macho man like Mm -hmm. situation Mm -hmm. (laughs) also like hot men in 2021 are not buff they're like muscular but still very uh slender 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. What is that? Like the Pete Davidson, like, yeah. <laughs> re- like the, the, the yeah, Timothy Chalamet <laughs> syndrome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's so true. I also, the other plot point that I think is like probably like, again, the biggest question mark for me is like, she was like, I was a wild, like, stallion like mm. no one could fence me in and like stuff like that but it was like her getting drunk and then like going to the bar and then <laughs> dancing and then having a one night stand <laughs> I was like isn't this everybody's like yeah. <laughs> yeah like I was like what then I was thinking I was like what wild thing did she like even really do and I was thinking her and Sasha, yeah like, when they switched. swapped yeah swapped boyfriends and then when she got like finger banged in the restaurant mm-hmm. I was like that I was like that actually is wild like I yeah. would never do that but or uh, like, like at the gallery else, when they like flirt with other oh, people pretended. and then go yes. to the stairwell mm-hmm. I was like that's steamy. Yeah, yeah that's true that's true but mm-hmm. I was like everything else is like I feel like very just like college days yeah <laughs> yeah I was hoping when I first like first first started watching on the first episode I was like oh we're gonna get like these amazing recollections of like this hookup that hookup that hookup over there and it ended up being about one fucking guy yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like so what you're telling me is your fucking crazy sex days were was being monogamous with this guy who was like <laughs> super mean and would break up with you randomly sweetie yeah. that sounds <laughs> I'm gonna not take that option personally yeah yeah, definitely in the in the book so far, it's it's a much because it's not focusing on a central storyline like that. So it's a bit more mm-hmm. spread out and you just see like these little snapshots of these different men starting from like when she's a teen. She started she starts with like the guy she lost her virginity to and she was like 16 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's more like that where you're like, oh, like this guy and like this place and this thing instead of like this really toxic, abusive b- relationship where they like fucking his really nice penthouse everywhere. His amazing. Yeah. He's not a. He's a billionaire. If he were to own that penthouse yeah. in New York, yeah, mm-hmm. that is humongous. Stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. the fuck? Wasn't my style of decor? I'll just yeah. I'll just put that out there. Too, not, too much neon or not enough neon for you? <laughs> yeah. It was. It was like very classic. I feel like we're a like in new york and like eccentric billionaire yes yeah, yeah like yeah. there's like a statue but rocker like also brick wall yeah, yeah yeah like oh my god yeah um i'm also okay the one last thing and and then if there's anything else we <laughs> want to chat about about the show because i feel like i could talk about it forever but like i also i really am so tired of these because like again t- Brad and Cooper are awful people. And I guess, like, Billy also, like, isn't great. But, like, I feel like there's so many TV shows that are, like, women rehabbing awful men. Yeah. Especially, yeah. like, the daddy issue. Which, like, I don't know. I always back- go back and forth with myself about this. Because it's, like, I also get that, like... So, Billy opens, like, uh, Brad up to talking about his um, dad... But I also get that it's, like, tougher for men to talk about, like, with societal pressures Mm -hmm. to talk about, you know, their feelings and, like, 
these types of relationship things. And then I also think that when you're with people, you like maybe reflect on yourself or like they hold up a mirror or whatever mm-hmm. and you like want to work on things. But I just feel like this, I don't know, these relationships being portrayed as like Billy helping Brad like I don't know and like puts up with his abuse kind of Mm -hmm. like I don't know Mm -hmm. it's just a tired tired trope yeah yeah I feel like I would have liked to have seen more of like Billy sorting through beside outside of the men just like her own stuff and like her own past because she talks about she wants to like get away Mm -hmm. from this life that like wasn't enough for her back in Georgia and I'm like what's the deal with that and like there's illusions to stuff about her parents so I'm like we don't get to see any of that with her we only really get that sort of character backstory development with like Brad I guess so it just feels kind of uneven and nobody's like helping Billy through anything oh yeah yeah Billy definitely makes herself like she definitely alienates herself yeah. from her husband and her best friend in many ways. But I'm also like, you need like a support system or something right now, or like to even just open up and be like, here's the real thing. Cause she doesn't really have that moment of opening up. Yeah. Like even the conversation that she has with her husband when they're in the ice cream shop is like lightning quick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it just seems like, she maybe this is the point at the end of the day she didn't resolve shit like literally nothing was resolved yeah. I think that's that's the struggle with her characters she's not only lying to everybody but she lies to herself so deeply <laughs> that I'm like what is going on what is the truth do you even know anymore yeah that's true and like maybe I'm assuming this is going to get a season two mm-hmm. because of the hype it's been getting, but like maybe we'll have more of that. Yeah. Like, I don't know, growth yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. in season two. We'll, we'll see mm-hmm. to be determined. Yeah. That's a good question. I will say just one more thing before yeah. we wrap up. I thought it was so unnecessary when that blonde woman comes up to her at the play and she's like, thanks so much now um, Dev doesn't want to go to sex parties anymore because of you and Cooper. And I was like, why did they add that? Because it's literally just super unnecessary. It's making me hate both of them more. And like, it, it seemed, I don't know, maybe this didn't matter to anyone else, but it just like pissed me off so much. I was like, yeah, I just hated it. I was like, you guys are making everyone more and more unlikable as the episodes go on. I think they wrote that in there literally because they just wanted to kind of spoon feed us that even though Billy is trying, this still isn't enough for her. So they wrote that whole conversation literally so that Trina could say, I hope this is enough for you. Uh, Yeah. That she's like back with Cooper Mm -hmm. and doing like PTA shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, I know, because even at the beginning, I was like, oh, these are the likable, like, friend, like, these are great. I thought they were so nice. Well, yeah. I I knew from the first time that. we saw Trina, I was like, she's going to try and fuck Cooper. Because when they get home, like, she Billy and Cooper sneaky. get home from their, like, wild date, and they're like, hee, yeah. hee, hee. 
and Trina looks Cooper up and down and she's like good job or something like that and I was like okay she's into him oh, so yeah. I never trusted oh, yeah. her I was confused at first well it's gross that you said that because I thought that she was his sister because oh. she was so oh. like when she was talking to him she seemed so like um uncandid that I was like oh you've known him your whole life like right. I was like he, they seemed really close. Like it seemed like it was like a close friendship between him and, and uh, sorry, between Trina and Cooper. Mm. Well, I just, yeah. cause I yeah. think the first thing she's like, Oh, like go have fun with your hot husband. So it never read as like family Sibling. to me. Yeah. yeah. Some of the plot points also like with their friendships, it would be like, we're so close, but you don't know this. Like, bit about my life and I don't know I guess maybe that's more maybe that's realistic I don't know in like adult relationships where you have like your family Mm -hmm. and then like friends and stuff I don't know but it just some of the relationships I was like but if you're really good friends you would probably know that about them or like I don't know yeah but yeah nobody's rootable but I thought we were kind of out of the anti-hero like tv genre but some of these it's evergreen shows are just apparently back. yeah well thank you both for joining me on the pod this was a lot of fun I feel like we covered so we did much. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this is a marathon of an episode definitely thank you so much for having us it was so great to chat with you as always yeah thank it's you. been such a pleasure I was like stoked to go on after I um heard the last episode that you released too I was like oh my god Tori is like (laughs) getting some really juicy tidbits right now oh my god yeah I feel like Claire Parker has been like the most like the most people have reached out to me about that episode then is that the one you're referring to yeah that that was yeah, the one that I had listened to most recently. Yes, yeah, that was the last one I did because I've yeah, okay. been really bad at posting lately. Um, just I'm living my double vaxxed life, yes, yeah. and it's hard to <laughs> hard to post lately. But um, yeah, I feel like that was like where like I don't know the most people had like reached out. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know that because I have followed her on Twitter and stuff for a really long time and listened to her mm-hmm. podcast and stuff and. I didn't know that, yeah, so many other people did too. Mm -hmm. For sure. I had seen on, I like (laughs) follow Caroline pretty, I don't want to say this, like, (laughs) but I do follow her on social media. Like we, we live generally in the same area. And so I'm like, sometimes I look and I'm like, oh, like you're like, I know where you are essentially. And I'm like, yeah, but what's happening in the neighborhood? Like she threw a party that was like walking distance from my house. And I was like, I want to go, like, I want to keep up with what's happening. So I saw that she had read not that kind of girl again. And I was like, what? (laughs) Lena Dunham. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I would love to see you, um, do a pod with Taylor Lorenz from the New York times big get (laughs) but it would be like such a pop culture moment yeah yeah we're manifesting we're putting the energy out there yeah setting that energy yes Yes. okay I love that Mm -hmm. yeah I 
I agree. And then when I get to New York, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have all these cool people to see, you included. Anyways, where can the listeners uh, listen to Movies That Raised Us? Anywhere and everywhere. We are on all streaming platforms. Uh, You can also find us on Instagram. It's Movies That Raised Us. You can find us on Twitter at MTRU underscore pod. You can follow us on TikTok at Movies That Raised Us pod. A lot of cool stuff on there. And if you want to send us just a good old-fashioned email, tell us you love us, tell us you hate us. It's Don't, movies though. that raised us. <laughs> Don't we, tell us we you are hate too us. fragile for that last part. No. Um, it is Honestly. movies that raised us at gmail.com. Well, thanks so much for coming on. Thank yeah, you. thanks for having us. And there you have it. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you, Mo and Christina, for joining me on this episode. Again, since it was recorded in the summer, there are a few updates I want to give about the stories we talked about. First off, we discussed Alex Cooper's $20 million deal. And I think that I was like, oh, $20 million, but it's like, that's over three years. So it's actually like $60 million, I'm pretty sure just absolutely wild but I said in the episode that I didn't think maybe she could you know translate her audience to Spotify I think also I was thinking about this which I didn't mention in the episode it's like because you would pay for premium because otherwise you get ads and it's really annoying so I just assumed that like if people have to pay for something now, which technically you don't, but like the ads are so annoying. So like you kind of do that maybe it wouldn't, wouldn't, I don't know, translate. Little did I know she has dropped out of all Apple podcasts, uh, rankings basically, which I'm, I'm looking at her stats now, which means that everyone did move over to Spotify. And then she is currently ranked number uh, five in the U.S. top comedy podcasts, 16th in overall categories in the United States. And then she also ranks like in Canada where I am at number 12 in overall podcasts. So she's killing it. Uh, Good for you, Alex. The other thing we talked about was and just like that, which I've been having so much fun following the Instagram accounts looking at all of the outfits and the shoes and the accessories and even some that they um, pulled from I guess the archives of the original Sex in the City and are like reimagining Carrie in them in 2021 outfits so that's been really really fun like there's like specific belts and dresses and shoes and stuff that you'll definitely remember from the show so that's been really good some sad news is Willie Garson passed away, which of course, Sex in the City viewers know as Stanford Blatch. He passed away from pancreatic cancer, which was so sad. I think he did film a few episodes of the reboot, so I wonder if they'll cover his passing in the TV show. But yeah, just many condolences to his son, Nathan. It's so weird seeing them like continue to film because it just seems like it just happened and that's probably really hard on all of the people on set 
and all of the actors and stuff that have known him for like over 20 years. So my condolences to the cast and to his family. The other thing we covered on the show was Sex Life. Sex Life got renewed for season two, which is so exciting. We'll definitely have to cover it and bring Mo and Christina back to talk about season two. It obviously did so, so, so well. And Squid Game recently surpassed Bridgerton as the most watched series on Netflix. And I think Sex Life maybe cracked the top 10. So I'm definitely going to have to check out Squid Game. I'm a little nervous just because it's a little bit scary, but I loved reading the book Battle Royale and I think it kind of has similar vibes. So I will definitely eventually watch it. Anyways, thank you again for listening and remember to DM me your favorite moments from the last year of RTBP and I will create a show of the top 10 favorite moments from all of the listeners for the anniversary episode. If you're not already, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at RTBP Podcast. I hope you are safe and healthy out there. As always, I'm your host, Tori, and I am ready to be petty. See you soon. Bye.